0: Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. I'm taking a break from posting podcasts, and I'm telling you here upon my podcast, that's not really serious that's an ode to the try guys and they're deleting their facebook song have you heard it it cracks me up hi thanks for joining me for episode 364 of hippie witch magic for a new age my name is joanna devoe and i am clearly the kooky Cookie Creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name. Say it with me now, people. Hippie Witch! Peace, love, and all that good shit. And you can pick up a copy of that at ww.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio. I really am taking a little tiny break from podcasting just until Christmas. I will be back before the new year, I believe, because I've been doing vlogmas, 20 days of vlogmas over on YouTube. And I didn't tell you guys that I was doing that. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm on day seven. I just posted day seven this morning, and it may be excessive to do a podcast on top of all of that, but so be it. Talkity, talkity, talk. I am going to keep on talking. Check out the Try Guys. Not even kidding about that song. It gets stuck in my head all the time because it's hilarious. They're talking about taking a... That, what I just sang to you, they, <laughs> they're singing it to Facebook. I'm taking a break upon my Facebook. Or taking a break from Facebook. And I'm telling you here upon my Facebook. <laughs> and it's how people... <sighs> Do I need to go there? How they make a big deal about how they're leaving social media, and then they always come right back. (laughs) I want to begin on a very serious note, okay? That's what this is about, really, here today. Jessica Dorr. Is that how you say her name? So many of you love her on Twitter. She is awesome. Tarot, psycho-spiritual, psychology, blah, 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 all the good stuff for living your best life, but from a really... Deep perspective. She is a deep, serious person. I love her Twitter feed, and I came across a a tweet of hers this morning. It's kind of hard to say this is really serious and powerful when you're using the word tweet, but there you have it. That's the world we live in now. She said, "As a healer, it is my work to support you in the places where you are growing, and to frustrate you in the places where you are trying to stay small." And I love that on so many levels because that's exactly what I'm trying to do with my coaching clients, for myself, in my own life, here on the podcast to support you in the places where you are growing and to to frustrate the heck out of you in the places where you're trying to stay small. Stop playing small, people. And that's what I was trying to do with this morning's edition of Vlogmas. We were talking about upper limits. How high can you go? How much good will you let yourself have before you sabotage? I will link to my YouTube channel down below if you don't know how to find me there. I'm Joanna DeVoe, and I've been doing something. I've been doing these live streams. We're officially calling them love streams over there. We've gotten into some really deep stuff. This, this week. Of course, there's always goofiness because I'm goofy, but we've gotten into some pretty heavy stuff talking about anxiety and depression and shadow work and oh, so many different things. And today we are talking about upper limits. And uh, I was doing that because I wanted to give you a little poke to move beyond the places where you are trying to stay small, and then, again, to support you in the places where you are growing so that when you hit what is known as an upper limit, you keep growing. You don't freak out. You don't retreat back into the shadows. And then here, right now, on the podcast, I actually want to talk about gratitude. And I am calling this episode, If You Think Gratitude is Fluff you are mistaken. Gratitude is no joke. It is one of the quickest ways to expand your life, to expand your personal universe in order to receive more of that which you desire, more love, more joy, more money, more of the good stuff of life. And I will repeat that. I will repeat that, but so we can get into the groove of this episode. But before I do that, I also want to remind you and myself that there is an interview, little short interview at the end of this episode with my friend, author Jennifer David Hesse. I asked her to come on the podcast at the top of the month here, which is now it's the seventh. Is this really the top of the month? I don't know, because she wrote A Cozy Mysteries book series. She's still writing it. I think she said there was six books, the sixth one that's about to come out soon, in this Wiccan Wheel Mysteries is what it's called. And they're... Cozy Mysteries. Cozy Mysteries, she will later explain, they are sweet murder mysteries. (laughs) So there's no gore. They're not like terrifying. It's something you can like curl up on the couch by a crackling fire and and enjoy and entertain yourself for a little while. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so perfect for the holidays will you please come on my show and tell people about your series because hello magic there's magic it's it's a cozy mystery, mystery series literally based on the wheel of the year and i was like this is so perfect you should come tell people about it and so she she agreed to do that unfortunately the recording it sounds a little bit like there's a vacuum cleaner in the background <laughs> and I don't know how to get around that. I tried to put music like to it, which just made it even more chaotic. But I think it's okay. I think you'll be able to to hang with it. So that's going to be at the end of this here. But going back to what I was saying about gratitude, it's no joke, my friends. It is not. Do not mistake it for some fluffy new age spiritual bypass kind of thing. It really isn't. And what I was saying about how... It's it's one of the quickest ways to expand whatever it is that you desire. More love, more joy, more money, more of all the good stuff in life. I think that that upsets people because it sounds like I'm saying, if you just have a gratitude list, you will attract more abundance into your life. And that sounds like a bunch of hooey. But here's the thing about that. The big secret underneath the whole like attracts like and gratitude creates more things to be grateful for is even if gratitude is not magnetic, I happen to believe that it is, but let's just say it's not. Even if gratitude is not magnetic, I am willing to bet that you are not receiving most of the gifts of your life. I am willing to bet that you are only receiving a very tiny percentage of your blessings. And so in that way, Getting into a feeling place with gratitude, too. I'm not just talking about like rotely being like, I am grateful I have legs. I am grateful I can breathe. Oh, great. I am grateful that I have a paycheck. It's not that. It's the feel. Like, have you ever felt so grateful you want to cry or your heart just feels like, woo, like it's literally expanding in your chest or you want to dance around the room or give somebody a hug? I'm talking about that kind of gratitude. I'm talking about gratitude that you actually feel in your body. That kind of gratitude is magnetic. But at the very least, at the very least, it opens your eyes to all of the abundance, all of the gifts, all of the conveniences, all of the privileges of the life you already have. Even beyond like, I want to create more, I want to create more, I want to create more. It's like, why don't you try receiving what you have? It's almost like people get into this thing with like casting a lot of magic spells or doing these law of attraction vision boards and scripting and all the things that I love to talk about. But they get into this thing where it's almost like their stomachs are full, their mouths are full, and they're still shoving more and more and more in because they haven't even processed what they've already asked for. And, And I think that this is something like you can say oh you know first world problems this is a this is a western world thing we are so deeply entrenched in privilege that we can't see the privilege anymore we can't see that oh i have running water i have the internet <laughs> i i i have whatever you have your health however much money you have there's something when i used to Perform with my band in the very beginning. If you have a band, especially if you live in a town like L.A., I think when we were performing, the number was there are 10,000 bands in Los Angeles competing for an audience. <laughs> so when you start out, you're going to be playing for, like, the bartender, your best friend, and the bass player's brother, and whoever else you could manage to drag out. And I, my feeling about that is you perform your ass off for those people. You show them your gratitude, you give them the show of their life. Even if you're expecting a 1,000 people and only, like, 20 people show up, it's it's so ugly, (laughs) and it's creative. If you're going to spend that time giving, like, a half-assed performance and being pissed that the 1,000 people didn't show up and you can't even appreciate the 20 people that are there, like, give them the appreciation they deserve and feel the gratitude of, like, Each life that is standing there in front of you, like, I showed up for you. If you have a birthday party and everybody flakes out but one person, have the best party. Have the best time with that one person. And not to to spite the other people and not like, fuck them. We're just going to have an awesome time, me and you. And then you spend the rest of the time, like, talking about what what dicks they are for not showing up to your birthday. (laughs) I have an awesome friend that showed up for my birthday, and we had an amazing time because she's just a special bright light that way. And we had an awesome time, just the two of us, and it was absolutely fabulous. You have to really, like, appreciate what is and get into a space of gratitude for what is before you can even receive more. There is something I call the witch's star, And to me, this is the way magic works. This is very much riffing on the witch's pyramid, um, to go, to know, to dare, to will, to be silent. So typically, to be silent means keep your magic to yourself. Don't tell anybody about it. Don't throw pearls before swine, lest somebody knock you off course or shake your comfort confidence or doubt your belief. I definitely think there's something to that. I think a lot of that law to be silent was born also out of fear of persecution and identifying yourself as a witch. So people don't, you know, it became like taking an oath of silence and being secretive about your magic. But the way I came to see it was more as receiving, <laughs> Like you ask, you ask, and then like you're doing all the things, you know, you're focusing and focusing and asking and asking and doing the affirmations and doing the vision board and casting the spells, and you're like pushing, 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 pushing. Like, when do you let go and allow and make some space to receive the thing that you're asking for? And then how, like I said, can you even receive the thing that you're asking for if you're so busy, either Begrudging the fact that it's not there yet or you haven't received all of the other blessings in your life. So I thought this was an interesting thing to talk about during the holidays because it's so easy for people to have a bad attitude during the holidays and to rag on their families And what's interesting is they rag and rag and rag on their families and then a family member passes away and then they miss them so much. And wouldn't it be great if you could forgive your family and learn to really love and be in deep appreciation for your family while they're still here so that you can actually receive the gift of the holidays and what that all means. And I guess this does sound very fluffy, but I actually... One, I want to emphasize this in magical terms too. And when I say magic, I mean creating change in conformity with will. I think that there is a strong magical componenty, a strong magical componenty. I'm making new words up here. Just roll with me. <laughs> a strong magical component to gratitude. And I don't think it's about, I don't think you can trick the universe or trick God into giving you more things by pretending that you're grateful. It's not about the more things. It's about expanding your capacity to receive, maybe to the point, maybe even to excess to the point where you finally get that you are an expression of God. You are source experiencing itself through you. Therefore, you actually have the creative power of source within. And when you start getting really good at manifesting things, material things, frivolous things, it doesn't really matter. I do not believe that God, goddess, the universe has a judgment on that. I think it's like create, Create all you will. Create as much as you can. Keep creating. I think when you get to a point where you're really, really good at it, that you're able to finally say like, holy smokes, this is a real thing. I am co-creating my reality. I can create. I don't know how far we can go because I haven't allowed myself personally, Joanna, I'm speaking about myself, to accept that. We can literally create anything. I might say that sometimes because I want to believe that, but I certainly, speaking of upper limits, I have limits to what I think is possible for myself. And I was speaking today about suspending disbelief and how the holidays and going into the new year, wouldn't it be amazing if we suspended disbelief about what is possible for ourselves? Maybe you can also suspend the disbelief that it's greedy to ask for more, or that you're not worthy of the thing that you're asking for, or that it is impossible. And maybe one of the ways that you can do that is by actually taking a look at your life and finding things to be grateful for right now. What are the blessings that you have not received? Who are the people in your life that you're taking for granted because you wish you could get this or that kind of attention from these people over here? What part of your home, what part of your wardrobe, what part of your car is being neglected because you want something that you think is better? What would happen if you put the energy and the appreciation into that thing and and fully allowed yourself to receive it and to love it? I think love attracts love like attracts like what would happen if you fell in love with the money that you already have if you were just like so in love with it (laughs) and i just laugh because i know that this is triggering for some people and it's okay it's okay if that's you like let it trigger you and ask yourself why why is it triggering for joanna to say like fall in love with your money why isn't it okay to say I love money. I love my money and to like be super super grateful for it or whatever it is in your life. Like wh- how do you express your gratitude beyond just saying thanks? D- what does that mean? Does it mean that you're fully present to something? If you're doing a big like declutter of your home. I love that Marie Kondo recommends like saying thank you to the thing before you release it, right? Thank you. Thank you. We live in a culture in the Western world here. I'll just extend it to all Western world peoples, all first world peoples, where we have so much junk that we can't even appreciate it all. So I really think that showing gratitude For the abundance in your life can be an act of letting it all go until you just have the things that are the most precious and special to you and you release all the other things in thanks, and gratitude, and you let them go work their magic for someone who really, really needs or would love to have that thing and you're not appreciating it in the way that it deserves to be appreciated. I think that we can expand our experience of gratitude in the most mundane ways. One of the ways that this shows up for me is poop. (laughs) It's the litter box. Holy smokes. I have two old cats that miss the litter box. They're elderly. And just to keep things polite here, I will say they have elderly poops, which means they're hard to clean up. But there are four cats in total. And the litter box is something I have to deal with at least once a day. It's best if I do it twice a day. I actually have one, two, three. Right now I have four litter boxes outside and one in in my laundry room. So I scoop a lot of poop. Raise your hand if you love poop. Raise your hand if you like elderly cat poop. (laughs) I'm guessing none of you are raising your hands. But... When I get into gratitude for my my old my old guys are still here and it is my honor. Oh, I'm going to cry. Today has been such a crying day. It's my honor to take care of them. This is this is how I show gratitude for these little love machines that I have been blessed with and all the time that they've spent playing with my kid, hanging out with him and all the Christmases where they've been rolling through the wrapping paper and just being their cute, funny selves. You know, this is, I scoop their poop. <laughs> it's what I do. And so you can look at your life, the most mundane, even the grossest tasks of your life, and have a spirit of gratitude for it. And it changes everything. That's the magic of gratitude. Again, even before it gets into being grateful is attractive. It's magnetic when you show gratitude, you attract more things to be grateful to, for into your life. I truly believe that, but it also it just transforms the moment so instead of like opening the laundry room door and finding out someone had an accident on the floor and I have to scoop the laundry room instead of being enraged by that and pissed and getting into that negative momentum where it ends up like ruining my morning and potentially my whole day. If I do it from a place of gratitude, it completely transforms the experience. I have way not not way more patience. I just have almost infinite patience. I feel very present. I feel like ah more compassionate for them, for them their experience, wanting to clean up the mess for all of us. And hey, guess what? Soap and water. You know, it's not the end of the world. And it's just amazing how it, how it. It's just amazing how it transforms the moment, the actual moment. And I always say that the now is your point of power. The present moment is your p- point of power to create. And I'm telling you, gratitude is, if not the best way to do it, it's one of the best ways to start transforming your life moment by moment. Not just day by day, but literally moment moment how present can I be to what is can I be grateful for what is and still want to move over there (laughs) do you know what I'm saying And I really wanted to actually just pop on here and let you know that I'm going to be doing Vlogmas all month. So if you want to hang out with me, I'm doing these live streams on weekdays at 830 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. That was really my point in popping on here. But I also was like, I should offer them something of value. And I'm going to talk about gratitude because to me, gratitude is life changing. And I should tell them about this book series because hello, we're all book nerds here and we're very witchy. And so I couldn't resist with this Wiccan Wheel Mysteries series. So this is just going to be a quick little drive-by podcast for you to let you know what I'm up to. I haven't gone anywhere. I'm just hanging out on YouTube for 20 days, and then I will be back and join me over there. We're having a blast. It's really interesting and really fun. And then here is the interview with my friend Jennifer David Hesse. Enjoy. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Joanna. Welcome welcome to the Hippie Witch Podcast. This is my, friend, my friend Jennifer David Hesse is an author of a book series I know you all are going to love because it's called The Wiccan Wheel Mysteries. And it's a cozy mystery series based on the wheel of the year. How awesome is that? (laughs) So I drug her onto the podcast today to do just like a quick little rapid fire question thingamajig for the fun of it, because it's fun, because I love writers and I love witches and her series sounds really cool. So are you game for the rapid fire questions, Miss Jennifer?
1: Yes, I am. Shoot away.
0: Okay. So number one, where do you live and where do you write?
1: Sure. Well, I live in Chicago, Illinois. I am from Central Illinois, and my books actually take place in Southern Illinois, but I live in Chicago and I write usually at home in my uh, my home office at a computer desk, but I also handwrite in uh, notebooks kind of wherever I am.
0: Oh, so, do you go to yeah, ca- I- do you go to cafes and write like in the noise of of
1: public no, not exactly. I actually have a day job, so I during the days I'm usually at work, but I do get a one-hour lunch break, which is awesome. And in the summer, whenever it's nice weather, I can go to a park and sit outside and write for that one hour, which is great. But if not, I usually... I might sit in a little restaurant, or I might just sit at my desk.
0: I think that's so romantic. I know. I I love writers. Okay, next question. This is supposed to be rapid fire. Stop rambling. Stop rambling. Stop rambling, Joe. (laughs) Okay. How many books are in your Wiccan Wheel mystery series, and can you name them all off the top of your head?
1: I can, yes. Currently, there are four that are out, that are, are released. There's a fifth one coming out in March 2019. I guess we should
0: say who your publisher is, too. Oh, me. yes,
1: sure. Kensington. It's Kensington Publishing. Thank you, Kensington Publishing. Yes, yes, indeed. So I can... So as you know, there are eight holidays in the wheel of the year. And so my original plan was to write eight books. But as it happened, I have a... I started out with a contract for three books. So they, they seem to do three book contracts, um, then I got my second contract for another three books. And so it's about time now for me to pitch, I guess, the next three books, which would put me up to a total of 19 or sorry, nine Ooh. books. So anyway, we'll see, we'll see where it goes, but I can give you the titles of the current books. Um, let's, and I, let's do it. Yes. Yes. Rapid fire. <laughs> uh, Midsummer Night's Mischief is book one bell book and candle moss is book two. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Makes me think of the movie. Love. No, book of Candle. Yes. Uh, Yuletide Homicide is book three. Book four is Samhain Secrets. And then book five, the, the one that will be coming out next, is Mayday Murder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nothing like some holidays
1: and murder to warm your I heart. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite? What's your favorite of the bunch so far?
1: You know, I always say that the one I'm working on is my favorite as I'm writing it, I kind of fall in love with the one I'm currently working on, but I don't know. I guess it's, it's hard to say. I think what readers and fans are telling me is that their favorite so far is book four, and Secrets, the most recent one. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I might agree with that.
0: All right. Uh, what is a cozy mystery?
1: A cozy mystery is a mystery that is somewhat more light in terms of uh, lights on violence, you're not a whole lot of violence or sex. It's an easy read. There, in general, you're gonna find an amateur detective, maybe. Cozy mysteries tend to have a sort of a theme. They're, they're series books, and there might be a hobby, or like cooking, or cats, or something that kind of strings the books together. Um, so, and mine, of course, is the, the Wiccan Wheel of the Year. Nice. But I'd say they're more kind of like just fun reads.
0: Yeah, entertaining, entertaining, and and I it makes me think of like how, what sweet romance is to the romance category. I feel like what you're t- saying about cozy mysteries is maybe what cozy mysteries are to like murder mysteries. We're not going to get into the blood and guts. <laughs> <They're>, right. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I I think that yeah I get it. I get it, and I like just the the word cozy is in the is, yeah. is in the description it feels so hugo oh to God. me perfect, perfect for the holidays so what is the response that you've gotten from pagans who have read your series
1: oh uh, it's been positive and i was really uh, conscious of that uh, my intention with this series was to be very true to life and respectful so i did a lot of research and i um it's not really a paranormal type of book or supernatural. Sometimes people think of it that way because there is magic and spells, but it's more realistic. And so I think people appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a lot of pagan and Wiccan readers, so I'm so happy about that. Yeah,
0: I feel like they would gravitate toward your books. Well, how do you spiritually identify? Is there a label that you that you like to wear that way?
1: That's a good question. For a long time, I was just kind of a searcher. Um, I grew up Catholic. Then I left the Catholic Church, like so many people. And was kind of looking around, and I found Earth-Based Religions, actually online, just Googling Earth-Based Religions. And that's how I learned about Wicca several years ago. And for a while, I did kind of dabble a little bit and... Now, I don't really put a label on myself. I don't call myself a Wiccan, though I love Wicca, obviously. I, would, I guess I would call myself a witchy sort of person. Mm-hmm. I do believe in, in magic and sort of the law of attraction, I guess.
0: Yeah, um, I think there's a lot of listeners that can relate to that. Yeah. Witchy. We're witchy. Exactly. <laughs> New-agey witchy searchers that are maybe yeah. interested in a lot of different things.
1: Yes, that's perfect
0: So what drew you to the idea Of writing like a cozy mystery series Based on the Wiccan Wheel
1: So I wanted to write mysteries well, Actually I wanted to write and For a long time Just to be a writer you know, i as in my day job, I'm a lawyer um, Oh my went,
0: goodness, you
1: I know. are? I am I kind of hang your wow. day <laughs> but My main character is a lawyer too So it makes some sense but I don't, uh, well, actually, I have a government job, and I don't do litigation or anything. It's, um, anyway, not to get too far off the field, but I, I've always loved to write. And so, you know, in college, I majored in English, and, but then I went to law school and took that career path and never really thought about being a writer. But um, it, the urge was always there, the itch to write, and I, I would write you know in my journals at home and just for fun and then finally I don't know several years ago I decided I'm just gonna do this I'm gonna try to write a full book and get it published and but I always loved mysteries ever since I was a kid and they say to write the book you want to read so that's kind of how I fell into this particular uh, series it's Mm. just something that I thought sounded fun
0: yeah so maybe it coincided with that period that you were interested in Wicca
1: yeah, yeah.
0: What an interesting person you are. That's a lot of juxtaposition <laughs> to yeah, be a lawyer working for the government that's interested in magic and and a writer, like the creativity. You're a well-rounded person, Jennifer. Uh, I guess. I guess. so. <laughs> okay, so who was your favorite author growing up?
1: Oh, gosh. So, um, well, when I was really young, of course, I loved the Nancy Drew books. Uh, so many other women would say. I thought you uh, might say that. Yeah, it's kind of obvious, I think. But it's true. I wanted to be a detective when I was a little kid, and so I read all the Nancy Drew books, and then...
0: Would you qualify... Sorry, I'm interrupting a yeah. bonus question. Would you say that Nancy Drew was, like, cozy mystery? I feel like it, it kind of was. Did it, it Yeah. Maybe she was the first cozy mystery writer.
1: Yeah, that's true, because there are no murders, I don't think, in Nancy Drew books, at least the original ones. Um, it's, of course, for there for younger readers, but yeah, I think that's probably a good comparison.
0: Hmm. Well, who is your favorite author now?
1: I don't think I can pick just one. I, I do love to read a lot of different kinds of books, and I'll read cozy mysteries and thrillers and nonfiction and just a whole lot of different books, I guess, uh, in terms of the cozy mysteries i like nancy picard a number of years ago she had the jenny king series this they're quite old now but i kind of thought of her as sort of a grown-up nancy drew I guess.
0: oh nice okay so nancy yeah. picard yes okay go ahead sorry no um no, you go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I have two more questions. Two more questions. I think we're doing all right. Rapid fire is hard for me. I I talk and talk and talk. Okay. So if you had six months, this is a fantasy question. If you had six months and a super fat book advance to live on during that time, and I guess time off work from being a lawyer, where would you go to write?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I think it would be awesome to have a cabin in the woods somewhere. I mean, I live in the city, but I love nature, obviously. And I wish that I lived sur- you know, surrounded by trees where I could just step out of my house and go for a hike in the woods and be inspired in nature. So I don't know where in the world particularly, maybe Southern Illinois. I mean, my books take place in Southern Illinois. It's really scenic down there. And that would be a good place to hang out.
0: I feel like a lot of people are nodding their heads like, yay! The cabin in the woods. Yeah. What a luxury that would be six months in a cabin in the woods. Enough money to where you don't even have to think about it and you just get to create for six months. I love that. that. That's a good (laughs) fantasy. Okay. So last question. What is your one tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams? And I definitely think you're a person that is qualified to answer this question. Oh, thank you.
1: Yeah, so I did want to write for a long time, and, and I guess finally I just sort of made the decision that I was going to do this no matter what. So I would say the tip is to to make a decision and commit to it. Um, my decision, I guess, was that I was going to have a book published one way or another. So I was going to, if I had to self-publish, I would have done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it turned out, I I'm traditionally published, but... I don't know. I mean, I guess I would also say write it down. You know, I keep journals and we write all the time. It's sort of my form of magic, I guess, is to write down my dreams and goals and make lists and all that so
0: yeah I think that's yeah. so powerful I'm a big fan of scripting and of course a writer would recommend writing it down <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but also too I feel like it's it's a way to bring a thought into manifestation it, at the very least it's like the ink on the paper it's it's a it's a physical representation of that of that dream in a tangible way it's something you can hold and sniff and look at yeah. <laughs> Yes. Thank you so much for doing this. I hope everybody Thank goes you. and checks out your series. You want to tell Thank them you. one more time what it's called?
1: It's the Wiccan Wheel Mysteries. The Wiccan
0: Wheel Mysteries. Yes. That's it, that, everybody. I hope you have an amazing, happy, happy, super blessed holiday that you are just dripping with gratitude and loving every moment of it. And until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.